I've never read Brave New World. Didn't you read it That's with uh, Elric at all? You had it in Lundgaden, if I recall. I haven't, heard, I haven't heard that name. I haven't said that name in years. That That's was weird. Yeah, I, I don't know if we're going to have to cut that out, but uh, Joseph Erlkman, our 11th grade English teacher at our animal Why did you continue it? In Lawndale, California. 90260. I'm sorry, Grandpa. internet and welcome back to the we're sorry grandpa podcast i am one of your hosts manny i'm morgan and i'm keanu and today we're talking about another sci-fi film that was popular in its day and i think has a bit of popularity now we're talking about district nine yeah so do you want to start i don't think we've done this in the past and maybe we should start with like a summary of the movie for people that haven't seen it that's a good call all right. Um, we should start doing that. If we didn't do that before, we should start doing that now. I don't think we've done that before because a lot of the films that we've talked about are films that everybody's watched before. Everybody knows RoboCop and Jurassic Park. I had never seen it. Uh, I had never seen either of them. Well, shut up. You're not into the popular culture zeitgeist, apparently. Either way, yeah, some of y'all nerd. might have not seen District 9 before. and This was my first time. Yeah, same here. Yeah. All of us, actually. No, I've watched District 9. I think Maddie, I, I've, Maddie's I've seen, seen it before. It before. That's why it okay. was my choice. Um, ah. So I'll give a short synopsis. Um, an alien spacecraft lands over some part of, I believe it's South Africa? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, South Africa. Johannesburg, South Africa. And it releases a bunch of alien immigrants? Are they immigrants or Immigrants. 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 They're, they're, they're both. immigrants, but not. They're not really immigrants. They're refugees, more like. Yeah. Like they, they don't think they meant to come to Earth. Well, the thing is, I don't think we know. That's it. Was never explained, but they certainly want to leave pretty soon after showing up. Long short is, they're aliens, and they've arrived on the planet Earth, and they face issues that are actually pretty typical with regular refugees on the planet Earth in that they're kind of treated as second-class citizens and they're distrusted. There's a whole, you know, political commentary side to this movie. But the long short is aliens are here. They're in a ghetto. They're being moved to another ghetto. People want to harness their tech. And some of them just want to get home. Some of them also don't know what to do. And we actually don't really follow an alien, per se. We follow a human being who is involved in a company that also has ties to the government. Yeah, MNU. And they procure alien technology and also deal with, like, the humanitarian side of, you know, dealing with aliens in this brave new world. Um, so, yeah. What did y'all think of this movie? Yeah, I know it's your guys' first time watching it, so I want to hear some stuff. Yeah, Keanu, you first. Watching this movie, I liked it quite a bit. Um, I actually was confused. I actually kind of watched it wrong for like the first half of the movie. And I was like, ah, crap, I fucked up. Mine didn't, you watched it wrong? Mine didn't have subtitles. So I spent half the movie not understanding oh. what the aliens were saying. Yeah. That would, so I was like, wow. what? That would I be a problem. 
So, huh. but it was interesting. So, what, what do you mean it didn't have subtitles? You know how the like aliens it, like it didn't the movie didn't come with the subtitles already for that part? No, I had to go find them real quick. I, I, I did it, but like, cause I'm watching it illegally from the internet. I'm surprised there's a version a version without the alien subtitles. That should just be based on the film. It, it depends on how you get your like your stuff. Usually, on like Netflix, area comes attached or whatever. But just to like real, real quick aside, there's like hard coding and soft coding, whatever the fuck it's called, and it's just, it tells basically, like, what's available for you to watch it, if, whether or not the subtitles come with it or not, or if you want to add it yourself. It's good for, like, if you want to do, like, multiple languages, like, if you know Spanish, but you want the English version or whatever, but, um... Yeah, that's true, that's fair. Yeah. Good point. But, given that, I had a weird experience doing that. I liked it a lot still, honestly. As Manny said, I think it picked up a lot on this racial subtext and refugee, uh side story as well that i don't think i've seen quite a while or at least like as done as well as it did in sci-fi or in uh like any like story that say that's that tries to say anything about race and being um, apart from your home Morgan? yeah it's definitely uh talking about like big issue would be like uh uh apartheid Apartheid? Uh, yeah, apartheid. apartheid. No, I'm pretty sure it's apartheid. Is it? It's apartheid for sure. I've heard people Dude, say look apartheid. look up the pronunciation. I'm pretty sure it's apartheid. I don't want to look it up because I'm going to have to... Oh, shit. I'm going to go ahead and look that up real quick. Because I used to say apartheid, and then I looked at the pronunciation after this movie because I was like, well, that's a big issue in this film. And it says apartheid. does. I mean, because apartheid is, is like, it, it was a South African, specifically a South African uh, system, uh, system essentially, so I don't know, but huh. the official, it, it's apartheid. You can also say apartheid, apparently, but apartheid, is, I think, is the official pronunciation. I think this ties a lot into something we don't know, is that I don't know anything about South Africa. Like, I know jack squat about South Africa. And the way they well, pronounce Well, do you know things. Nelson Mandela? Yes, I've heard of Nelson Mandela. Yeah, you know, you know at least one thing about South, Af- South Africa. My understanding is supremely limited, so watching this movie was like a crash course. Like, what did you think? A lot of the Morgan? actors were South African actors, yeah, exactly. too. Yeah, exactly. Which is cool. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know a lot about South Africa either, obviously from the fact that um, I don't know how to pronounce apartheid. Um, <laughs> but... I think it speaks to the universality of, you know, refugees in different lands because a lot of the issues that they face, the alien species here, which never actually gets an official name in the movie, um, but does get the racially derogatory term uh, prawn because they look uh, like prawns, uh, prawn grasshoppers. As they said it, like bottom feeders. They look like some sort of insectoid, like... Really, I was thinking, like, because they have the little the little uh, hands around the belly, just like, like a shrimp or a prawn sea creature would. Yeah, I think that's what they're going for. They mix a lot of different things yeah. with the design. Yeah, I thought they looked insectoid, mm-hmm. and I looked it up a little bit later, and apparently it's based off of this one sort of grasshopper that's popular in South Africa that's like a prawn grasshopper mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, that's tight. I didn't... Ah, oh, that's good. I wonder if the grasshopper is also named after the sea... F- I imagine it is. It's probably where it gets its name. I'll check it out later. But anyways, I, you know, a lot of these issues that the refugee prawn species has um, are issues that 
any refugee has coming into a new country, which is, you know, that idea where it's like, yeah, you're lesser than the people that are there just because you're different or because you, you know, are coming from a turbulent area or there's just a lack of understanding there. A lot of it comes down to a lack of understanding, I feel. Uh, the humans don't know what's going on with them, and they don't really explain it that well because they can't really explain it that well at first. Right. Well, it's kind of crazy that they're able to understand each other. I guess over the course of 20 years, do they do they understand each other's language? Because, I mean, Christopher and the protagonist guy, I don't remember his name, but Chris and the protagonist Lucas. guy... Wilkis or whatever? Wikis? I thought it was like Wikis. Like Vikas with, with a V. It's weird. Like a, like the German version. Vikas. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if the if it, the South African version is a V instead of a W. But yeah, that guy. <laughs> he had a really long name. Mustache guy. Uh, they were able to like communicate pretty well. I mean, obviously there was a little bit of a language barrier there between them, but they understood each other well enough. Not even speaking each other's language. So Chris understood. Chris is the is the main alien in the movie. Uh, Chris understood uh, English and uh, Wilkes understood uh, Pranese. Yep. Alienese. Alien language? I feel out of my depth with this movie, I would say. It's weird to well, talk about. Well, Pran was it. supposed to be a uh, derogatory term for the, for the alien creatures, but they never, they never educated anyone on what, on what they actually yeah. should be called. In fact, we learn very little about their life. We all, all we know at the, by the end of the movie is that their planet has seven moons. We don't even know if it's bigger or smaller, but we assume yeah, that it's I bigger think, as I think a result. The Christopher's kid, the main alien's kid, like, is like, it's bigger yeah. than Earth, right? There's more space. And like, Christopher's like, oh, we're not going home. So he just kind of deflects the topic. I mean... But, yeah, but we can yeah. assume with having seven moons versus our one. Yeah, big gravitational pull or something like that. I don't know, science... We picked a terrible None yeah. of us subject science. to start off our film. Well, I mean, this is more science. than science. Science is not really much of an issue <laughs> in the in the movie. It's mostly about, I mean, the in the the actual uh, District Nine was a short story first, and the uh, it is apartheid is the is the issue at hand that the director envisioned specifically in. I mean, because that took place in South Africa, where there was a white minority ruling over a black majority and uh, the systematic race uh, racism that followed as a result. So that that is the main issue at hand. The science stuff is just like, let's show it with actual aliens instead of with human beings. And gore. Lots and lots of gore. Oh, yeah. The gore. Mm. It's... Um, All gore plenty. Visually, it's a really well done film. I mean, you know, uh, for this... For these last uh, few weeks, we've been watching older science fiction films, and Jurassic Park is really holds up. RoboCop, not so much. But, you know, going <laughs> jumping all the way forward to the year 2006, which is now, you know, 15 years Nine? ago. I think it was 2009. Oh, 2009? About a decade ago. Maybe the, maybe the short was 2006, maybe. True. But I think 2009 is yeah. when the movie came out. Well, either way, jumping into, like, the mid-late 2000s uh, from, you know, previously having seen movies from the 90s and the 80s, it's a huge leap in the world of, like, yeah, we're going you know, just um, effects. 15 yeah. years. It, and, you know, the way technology... Uh, the way technology moves so exponentially nowadays, like, you really see it pay off in, like, this film. It's a beautifully done film. All the characters seem really real and, like, you know, they could be real aliens standing right in front of you. Um, and, yeah, 
Yeah, CGI was great. It was really good. Good yeah. CGI. Yeah, and it still holds. I liked the alien language. And, yeah. and so, yeah, now the movie's 10 years old, but it holds up really well, and it visually anyways. I think... Yeah, and also the issues as well, still relevant today. I mean, apartheid is, is over in South Africa, but it's still true. Refugees and everything, the issues still stand. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, I think it's kind of a really nice film in the way that it presents all these issues without being too heavy handed. It's very clear that we're talking about refugees and apartheid. Um, but, you know, it's not being it's not slapping you in the face. It's definitely, you know, it's symbolic more than anything else. It's not I overt. I kind of want to. I don't know. I felt it was pretty yeah. overt. Not that it was overt. I felt like it was so overt that. I felt that this movie is so depressing that I, in this climate where we're living in right now, I probably would have preferred not watching it. Uh, I think it's a really good film, but I thought it was just a really depressing look at just refugee life and the way, you know, uh, people not in your in-group are treated. And like, you know, the climate we're in right now with coronavirus and everything, I was like, I could have I gone without a reminder how bleak society is. Oh. Well, too bad. I... I think I think it could have been more more overt. Going back to the idea of you know the movie being either more symbolic or more overt, I think it could have been a lot more heavy-handed. Where it could have like actually circled back into issues of apartheid. Because I mean, what it is is you're dealing with agents in you know that uh, what what was it called the MMU. I mean, multinational uh, yeah. United. You're talking about the MNU agents, and obviously they have an invested stake in, you know, the social climate with uh, these guys. But it doesn't really seem like most other people in South Africa actually, you know, are invested in the social aspect of it. They're just like, fuck them. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't, they don't want... I mean, we get the sense that there was mingling at first and the people didn't want that and they revolted and tried to push them further and further into the dredges of society yeah because it's been 20 years and they've been they've been revolting and this whole everything leading up to them being pushed out of district 9 into district 10 was 20 years of uh, socioeconomic tensions, yep. we can assume. I mean, we basically have sociology professors now in the movie um, that their whole fucking thesis is revolve around, you know, the civilization and the interactions of, like, this foreign species. Um, yeah, I wish we got more of that, to be honest. I was super Oh, interested. it was so good. Um, I want to take a point about that, though, to combine these two points, at least. The bond about being it not being overt enough and also, like, getting into why they don't talk about the biology too much or like the scientific the sci-fi of the insects themselves insects sorry the aliens themselves it's supremely overt because they don't the alien it doesn't matter if they're aliens or not they could be from like the jungles of like south africa or like the ocean of south africa it doesn't matter what's if not it's that the point is they're the other i think is the point um, I was actually reading this essay just now, actually, before I got on, and it really gave me a lot to think about, particularly with this, because it's it's the way that the um, the aliens are framed is what's important, I think. Um, they're monstrous. They look, aside from their eyes and their hands, they don't look very human. Uh, usually, they look cute, though. They do look cute. It's the eyes. It, it's big. But the point of the design is to gross you out. It's to make you feel squeamish. But that also is to make you, not empathize, but realize where 
our racism and our, where our biases um, are exactly. Yes, they're technically literally are aliens, but that doesn't really matter too much because the way that they are in the movie is how real racists see Jewish people, how they see black people, how they see minorities. I think that paints the biggest picture of all in terms of it being like strictly like, you know, in your face and whether or not we give a crap about the alien physiology or not. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I mean, you know, really early on in, you know, uh, talks about social Darwinism, there was, you know, there were efforts made scientifically to try to prove that, you know, certain, you know, ethnicities were subhuman. And, you know, we know now that's not the case. And we know now that that was xenophobia and racism just dressed up in the guise of scientific advancement. Um, But I mean, when it comes down to it, I think... With the issue of District 9, there's a little bit of disconnect, and this is where I don't see it being, like, an overt one-for-one, you know, translation of xenophobia, and that, like, the alien species are, in this movie, really dangerous. They're really strong, and it's not like they're the most peaceful. They've definitely killed a bunch of... I mean, you know, obviously it's not all the aliens, which, wow, this is actually getting straight up into... This is, <laughs> this is, going... <laughs> this is what I mean. I mean... <laughs> I would also say they're a pretty peaceful race, man. They're way more peaceful than the human races, and I feel like that's how they're presented. You think so? There they was that guy who straight up ripped somebody's arm off. Yeah, they're strong, but that doesn't mean that they don't deserve certain things. They just, they're different, I guess you could say. That's like saying black people are athletic, so therefore... See, I think this is where Manny's getting yeah, at. I don't know There's where a that breakdown goes of the stereotype here. And I think that's okay, though, because this isn't directly talking about racism. It's an allegory about racism. In much the same way as Utopia is an, is an allegory about racism in the United States, and, I guess you could say. Ale- yeah, alleg- an allegory? Allegory. I like allegory. It sounds like, I like a, that. A, de- <laughs> a drug you I take. I like allegory. Allegra. Yeah, I was into that. <laughs> yes, this is I like allegra. The way you the way you put the emphasis on the syllable. I was thinking of the goddamn syllable. <laughs> mm. I used to say um, yes. hyperbole. <laughs> yeah. Is hyperbole? Yeah. I used to say hyperbole. I used to say hopital <laughs> in library because I can't. And we all say used words. to say apartheid, so you know. Yeah. We're all learning. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be I one. I really to get. thought it was apartheid. Everyone says what? apartheid. What the fuck? Well, we're not no South African. No one took the time to Google how to pronounce it. Yeah. Well, to be fair, are we going to be like those annoying people who are like, oh, it's actually pronounced this way when it's like, I mean, if it's in... I mean, we just did that with allegory, so, so yeah. But that's for fun. That one... Apartheid is like a serious thing. Yeah. Hey, you, you let the person know, and then what they how they choose to pronounce it's up to them. But it's like, it's an interesting thing yeah. to know. I thought so. I was interested to know, so I shared it with you guys. But I mean, if you guys if you guys continue to say apartheid instead, I'm not gonna go any further than to say it the first time. And if you choose to pronounce it differently, that's up to you. No, I don't care. I'm gonna try to remember that going forward. Although I do like the idea of accents kind of speaking a lot, or not accents, but how you pronounce words, speaking a lot to what it means to be a person that says that word differently. Like mm. in Fallout New Vegas, it's Caesar versus Caesar. I think that's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and like in, in the game, they're constantly switching who says what. Mm-hmm. Or you can tell whose allegiance is based on who says the name. Based on how they pronounce it, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you get down to 
you know, uh, speech patterns and stuff, you really can distinguish a lot of things. Like, you know, obviously, um, there's a certain sort of like hood vernacular if you come from like a lower income area where it's like people of, you know, more affluent nature will obviously dismiss you. And, you know, it can come to a way where like the way you speak can be discriminated against. Uh, so that's an interesting take. I really wish that there was a little bit more um, in the movie District 9. A little bit more interaction between the humans and aliens because we only really see social workers and the military yeah. interact with them. We don't really see everyday human beings interact with the insects. I mean... And we only see them interacting with them, like, trying to essentially kick them out of yeah. the home. Or to you get, extort like, them from alien In a tech. work yeah. setting. Or to exploit them. Oh, yeah. Man, they found... They found alien drugs, or the alien equivalent to, like, crack cocaine, and they just let it loose. They were like, here's some fucking cat food. Cat food was the... This is the, just a crack cocaine epidemic. ...was the crack cocaine equivalent of, um... Yeah, the aliens. cat food... Cat food must have started... Wet cat food, specifically, must have really went up in price, just in general. Like, that was probably one of the effects of aliens showing up cat food became exorbitantly expensive for everyone. Wait, did that actually happen? Or is that only specific to, like, in, South, in Johannesburg? Cat food? And, oh, wait, what? I was confused. I wasn't sure if that actually happened in the movie or not. Well, I mean, it's not... No, that happened in the movie. Wait, did did the they explicitly say yeah. that cat food went up in prices? Oh, I don't think so, but that's the inferral. If everyone is now buying cat food to sell it, uh exorbitantly to the aliens the shops and stuff are now supply and demand going to up the price of cat food it's that's what's just going to happen okay yeah they're just scalping them pretty much for crack cocaine and if they're spending because they have like ten thousand cans of cat food if they're going to start buying in bulk like that cat food is going to start going up in price and it's been 20 years so i think at this point cat food's probably more expensive for those people and maybe even worldwide. I don't know how far out it would spread. Well, it only happens specifically in South Africa, so I don't think it'd be right. But people, I mean, people are importing cat food. It's not just true. But how many? So there are not that many uh, aliens that were there. I think they just had one big ship. One big old yeah. ship. Yeah, they had one big but, ship. There was, but enough that you could sell ten thousand cans of cat food in one day. And he, and that was just one person. And you can't forget that they actually do multiply really quickly. You see a scene early on in the movie where the social workers, mm. quotation marks, uh, set fire to a giant nest of it because it's an uncontrolled population. Uh. In the very end of the movie, there's also a slight, you know, written epilogue where they're talking about, like, oh, this massive amount of aliens that have been here because they've been multiplying, which I'm a little bit... I'm a little bit curious about a lot of things with this movie. I'd love to know more about the physiology. Yeah, there's so there's much. There's a lot that it left unanswered. Ah. And I think it really... So annoying. I think that's probably the mark of a good movie where it's like, <laughs> fuck, you really want to know more about the world. It created more. an interesting world. It was told It told a good story. And it. I don't think it deserves a sequel per se, but it definitely deserves... It was like I a think they're working book. on one. The director, I think, said he was... The creator said he was working yeah, on one. But I don't know if I'd want to see it just because, you know, it's been so long. I feel like... I don't. Exactly. I, I don't like I sequels. feel like sequels, especially after... If you wait way too long, like I feel like this one has been waiting way too long, I feel like you can really lose the original direction that you had with the first movie. So instead of a sequel, I'd love to see just an expansion of the world with, like, some written lore. Yeah. That would be... That's yeah, what I was about I'd to say, yeah. More than... I just want to know, like... The plan they came on, from, like, what that was like. What? 
I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> hey, bring me back to the previous <laughs> episode. It, I'd buy a lot of cat food of that. Or I'd spend my cat food on yeah. that. And, you know, in, yeah. reference, to the, in reference to the aliens, uh. life finds a way. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Steve, yeah, there you go. All, all three, they're all piling together. Um, but yeah, I want to know more about like their home planet and what their life was like. Why they ended up in on Earth? Like they were malnourished and all messed up, and then they weren't able to get back to their ship when we took them off off land or off ship. Uh, what like what they were doing for the twenty years in their District Nine that they were kind of forced into? They like in those twenty years, it was never thought that like of integrating the two communities. Like, I'm sure maybe there were attempts and it went wrong for different ways. I want to know more about, like, all of the other stuff that, like, doesn't really get even touched on. Um, What did you guys think about the protagonist, uh, Wilkis or whatever his name was, the mustachioed... A uh, social worker uh, promoted to uh, the status of uh, oh. kicking them out of District Nine and moving them into the shacks of District Ten. I hated him straight up, but I liked his character yeah. because I hated him. Yeah, I'll spend he, he later, was. Though. I mean, he was like a bumbling fool and like seemed like he just wanted maybe attention and he praise. Was racist. But he was he was pretty uh, despicable for. Uh, basically the entire movie. Uh, he didn't really get redeemed a whole lot. Uh, it was nice in that time when he himself was turning into one of the aliens, and yeah. uh, and they were trying to use his arm to to shoot another alien. He didn't want to do that, and I thought that was nice. In that moment, he was redeemed, but then he pretty quickly uh, got unredeemed again just by being kind of a, a dick continuously. Yeah. I think he was a very human character, and that's why I liked him. Because, I mean, he is a very deeply flawed person, Mm -hmm. but also he's not completely an antagonist either. You know, he has a wife that he loves very dearly, and he seems like a sweet husband to her. And, yes, he plays a bumbling idiot, but he's actually competent in his job. He understands enough of this alien language that other people don't seem to understand. The military dickheads in this movie don't actually understand the aliens. This guy who's, you know, a bureaucrat, who's kind of sleazy, who's just really working his way up the, you know, corporate food chain or food ladder or whatever, or just corporate ladder. I don't know why. I'm fat. I wanted to add food in that analogy. Um, It's fine, dog. You get it. I just want some spaghetti and meatballs. Um, Spaghetti and meatballs. But, you know, he is kind of a a bumbling idiot, but he's also competent enough to, like, actually understand what he's doing and understand, you know... Right, well, I feel like that's the bare minimum of his job, though. Is it competent to just be able to do well, your job? think about it this way. The assistant guy that he was training to, like, you know, take over <laughs> his position didn't know so many things when he was out on the field with Vizca- with uh, Vitkus or whatever his name is. Uh, you remember his, like, uh, the guy right below him who was arrested at the end of the movie for leaking classified documents? He was, like, in awe because Vickis knew a lot about it. He knew how to identify gang signs. He knew what some of the symbols meant. He, he's he did, been, yeah. Assuming. I didn't I didn't trust him, to be honest. I wasn't sure if he even, oh. like, if he even, if, or if he was point. just saying these things. Like, I wasn't sure if that was real or if he was just like, oh, yeah, this is a gang sign because 
he might this just where be we saying find that. Guns Although to be fair, drugs. he found the guns. Like he was like, yeah, I know, like all these things, because he's been doing it long enough. Because there's only yeah, he's been doing it for we assume I don't know ten years at least or something. I mean, he he knows at this point there's only so much you can hide in a yeah. shack that they're given. Yeah, but they hid a whole spaceship underneath. They one. did. Yeah, they did, and he obviously did not yeah, find that. But going back to the character. I liked him because, yeah, he was sweet to his wife. At the end of the day, you know, he gave... You know, he almost fucked up, um... What's... What's the alien's name again? He almost Chris? He almost fucked up Johnson, Christopher's yeah. chance to get home. But he... He was willing to sacrifice himself at the very end because he was like, fuck it. You know, like, I'm not gonna make it out. I might as well do this redeeming action. Yeah. And yeah, he didn't want to kill Only took anybody. Until he just sort of got swept into it. He just wanted to be a person again. Yeah. Yeah, neither did Chris. Chris, I think, is the one... He actually didn't kill anyone. Uh, he ended up... Uh, mustache guy, Wilkes, or whatever his name is, did end up blasting oh, many a people a with his lightning gun. What a good colonizer he is. Um, <laughs> I yeah, like I, this character uh, a lot, though. I, uh, I was with him for most of the movie. I was like, yeah, I understand. You're stressed out. You're going through some stuff. He still was being a racist asshole, and it was kind of uh, skeezy. Yeah, lots of but then, little like, microaggressions. But then, like, he <laughs> fucks up Chris one time by knocking him over the head. And, like, understandable, he was upset because Chris had lied, potentially, about how long it would take to reverse the effects of his, of his prawn transformation. Wilkis uh, accidentally ingested some... Uh, alien technology and began to turn into one of the aliens uh is that's part of that's the storyline big by part the of the storyline that but, we forgot to mention in the very early yeah. synopsis that's like that's that <laughs> ends up kind of kickstarting the whole yeah. second half of the film essentially the yeah. first half is like a found footage like the social workers going in to like move move the aliens to a new area because the area that they're in now uh, is essentially the slums, and the other people of the slums don't want them there. So they're making an even slummier slums for the aliens to reside. And we're watching him, the main character, go around and, and kick people out of their homes. He has to get their signature, essentially. Yeah. And during that raid, he imbibes some alien technology accidentally through some just... They show him around. as a bumbling fool, kind of fucking around, accidentally imbibes it, and begins to transform into one of the aliens. His entire arm... Uh, Slowly over time, you see his nails fall, his teeth start falling out, uh, he starts vomiting black stuff, and he starts to transform into one of them. And then he gets taken in by the government who want to use his arm, because uh, the guns the aliens have can only be operated by the aliens. So they are like, oh, he's the first ever that we've successfully uh, been able to get like half DNA of both, and they want to use him to activate the machinery uh, and they essentially want to dissect him, murder him, and, and use his DNA to, to great, create a bunch of like half hybrid warriors that can act that can use this alien technology that the aliens brought with them. So that's Super that's humans. a big part of yeah. the story. Yeah. Is kind of his journey running away from the home he once knew and trying to become back to being a human again. But the way he acts the whole time, it's like he he's not uh, you know, like when you walk a mile in someone else's shoes, he's not really uh, changing really for, for the better or seeing the aliens in a different way at all. He just is doing what he has to to get back to being a human so he can essentially, it, it's implied, continue doing the same thing he was doing before. Uh, 
I think towards the end of the film, he's probably changed his opinion on what he wants to do with his life because the company that he worked with was willing to dissect and murder him. So I don't think he wants to go back yeah, to that. Yeah, and he's still... I don't think he w- he's still... He still wasn't... Uh, he, I still felt like he was treating the aliens worse than he was treating the people that wanted to dissect he killed. him. killed! And the aliens he did killed. nothing wrong. Yeah, he ended up killing them for the sake of becoming human again. I mean, yeah, but that's the thing. He was willing to kill... and it. Uh, MNU employees and you know uh, like army personnel or whatever but like he never killed an alien he well I mean he killed one alien against no, his will um, he doesn't matter that he killed them he actually said oh you know what let's kill the babies in the fucking in the oh shack. he did do that he was there. a fucking dickhead he, he, he murdered a bunch of babies I forget about that man that scene is it's hard to watch when you know Here's what him. it is because he's is. making such light of it too he's like it makes a popping corn sound it's, it's genocide mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's oh. genocide uh that's another big i mean that and that was also legal and and he did say <laughs> like because he, he made a joke about killing uh killing christopher's uh child uh made a joke about it. he's like oh but we can't that that would be illegal because it's legal to kill them when they're in their embryo state or egg sac state, but it's illegal abortion to do it once they've once in they're my grown. movies. Yeah, he calls it abortion. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, Goodness it's gracious. an interesting film because yeah, no, Christopher, you can read him in a lot of different ways, but ultimately he is complicit in a lot of really? well, that's the thing. Uh, I think also no, white. Who are you talking about? You're talking about Christopher. Oh, Wilkins, or sorry, I. Wilkins. It's so hard. Whatever his name is. Because Christopher, I feel like, was a pretty upstanding dude the whole way through. He was a chill yeah, guy. He never, just wants to get home. Never was violent. Even And that's the thing. These aliens are supposedly very very strong, but still, like, you never see them fighting back. They're always, like, they're always respectful they and peaceful. Even when they're, when, even, yeah, that one guy who was uh, about to die. And, oh, yeah, at the very, very end, mm. when, when they do... When they do kill the the main antagonist, mm, the military, which I'm surprised they hadn't done that uh, previously. It's like they only it only feels like they fight back when they're gun to their head, about to die, and even then they don't fight back enough to like get away. They don't run away. They still let themselves get anyway. killed. Yeah, because they're they're sentient. I feel like early on in the film, though, there's a scene where they talk about how, you know, there were some violent crimes committed by, like, you know, the alien species. Yeah, I'm sure that they would talk those up. Very again, refugee. Again. Racism. Yeah. I'm sure they would talk up any. Like, let's see. The humans commit 50% spikes of atrocities for the aliens. The aliens commit 1%. And then everyone talks about, oh, these aliens are violent. Look, they killed yep. this guy. Oh, yeah, we killed 50 of them. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. They killed one of us. So we'll retaliate by killing 50 of them and also burning all their children to death. Burning, yeah. 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 No, I mean, that, that is a so very, like, like, popular um, way of, you know, um, of disenfranchising. But what about Another group is to, you know, portray, like, their acts as, you know, the ultimate evil and them as, you know, uh, just morally incorrect. So, yeah, I I guess I could see definitely that just being sort of, like, human propaganda against the aliens. Um, it's... At the end of the day, when you look at the two sides, the people that were being more aggressive 
and and mean were the humans. The aliens, for the most part, they were just responding to aggression, if anything. We never see them. We never see them initiate aggression um, amongst against the humans. Um, I kind of want to go back real quickly to talk about Lycus. I kind of wanted to peek into more about the thematic sense of him. Okay. Looking at his story and his progression, and it, I kind of did. You guys watch Shape of Water? No. So Never seen it. I love that movie. I think we discussed this a long time ago, but um, that movie specifically. The way I look at Wykus is seeing is combining both the military man in Shape of Water, and the fish uh, monster in the movie as well. He they combined the two. Do you stories. think he was a combination of a uh, combination of those two? Basically, the antagonist and the protagonist. The yeah. not the protagonist, the love interest. Mm, yes, love interest. Um, He's the love interest in that film for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's the age-old tale of the fly. It's the shadow over Innsmouth essentially it's the story of the monster inside of us or the monster that we see of others i think and wykus really embodies that as he literally becomes like a fly-esque monster right in front of other people yeah i did also get the the fly vibes from him or just friends kafka's uh, metamorphosis or just some, anything like that they named uh, that i think too in the movie did they yeah i don't remember in the scene where they're like um, dissecting him before he like jumps out, he's like his metamorphosis is going to start soon, but we won't be able mm. to stop it. I remember. He dropped the that. word. Manny, did you do you know of any media or movies that kind of reference this like man becoming monster kind of deal or like realizing you are the other kind of deal? Um, no. When I first saw it, my first instinct was obviously the fly is what I thought of. Uh, especially with, you know, the more insectoid type of um, transformation that they were both going through. You know, Jeff Goldblum, and in this case, an actor of South African descent whose I name I don't the know. the nails. I think Ooh. the nails Ooh. were the I same. I that scene. In that, both. Uh, I think the fly uh, had, that, had same that same scene, too, yeah. with the nails. Mm. It was very Nail, similar. Yeah, any mm. scene where, you know, someone has their teeth Tooth come out well. or their nails come out, it yeah. is an automatic gross that moment for me. It's so good, though. I hated it. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those. Mm. But yeah. It definitely pulls a lot I didn't from mind it. those. I think The Fly and those movies, they pull so much from Lovecraft specifically. But yeah. Um, I've, yeah, that kind of eldritch horror. I think, you know, it, it covers what is, you know, a very real topic in a very candid way. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a universal topic when it comes down to, you know, the others and, you know, the core members of society, quotation marks in there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what else we can say about this. Do you guys want to wrap it up with some sort of rating? Uh, rating for some, I thought it was well done. I'll give it a uh, 7 out of 10. I thought the found footage portion dragged a little bit and bored me because it wasn't talking about the things that I cared about. But once it started ramping up in action, I was intrigued. 7 out of 10. I like that beginning bit more, actually, weirdly enough. I would have if it was about anything that interests me. They were saying I felt a lot of things that, that could have been said in less than 40 minutes. It was 40 minutes of, of found footage, uh, essentially. And it was saying a lot of the same for that 40 minutes. Fair enough. It could have been very quickly summarized. I wanted to hear more about just... The stuff that we talked about before, I wanted more lore 
And they kind of brushed over it because they were like, oh, that was told in the previous documentary. Let's mm. focus on this. Almost is what I felt like. And I was like, I want that first documentary that they're brushing over now. Keanu, you're ready? Um, I don't know. I really can't give this movie a rating, weirdly enough. I feel like I can't pinpoint how I feel in terms of like the enjoyment I got out of it. Um, I had some issues a little bit with the pacing, I would say. And sometimes if the way the camera was moving was a bit too much. It was a bit better than like a Transformers movie by Michael Bay, <laughs> but it still was pretty rough for me to watch, even though I thought this effects kind of aged pretty well. And overall story is really, really good and thought-provoking. I'm going to give it like a solid like 8, honestly. I think those certain factors kind of helped me with them to do better with it. But overall, a very good movie. Yeah, I really liked it. I was obviously, you know, the one who suggested it. Uh, watching it again, I will agree with both your statements because you guys both mentioned that the pacing did drag a little bit in the beginning of the film. Um, or I don't know if Keanu necessarily meant the pacing dragged in the beginning of the film. He just said he had pacing issues. But I also felt that it, you know, dragged a little bit in the beginning. Um, I would actually stick it right there in the middle between you guys already. I'd say it's a solid 7.5 in my opinion where it's a good film, but it's definitely not anywhere near like a great film i think it's neat because there's not been there's not been a, uh, there's not been a lot of movies like it in the past decade that this movie came out or and that yeah it's as still well as it, does. it is still almost a one of its kind yeah that's a good point it does feel very much like a like a one of its kind yeah. kind of film it's super unique like i don't i can't think of any movie that like it, it draws so many reference inferences and influences from different movies Again, I can only think of like Beastars I would or something. Definitely to like, to that effect. recommend this <laughs> film to anybody who has any exper- uh, experience with like any sort of refugee or immigration, um, you know, issues in their lives. Because I think it's I think it's pertinent to that. And I also would recommend it to people who you know have antagonistic feelings towards you know refugees and immigrants because it sort of gives you that perspective of like this you know like it's a complex issue with you know obviously people would rather be in their homes. They'd rather be where they were born because, you know, you like where you're born for the most part. You have fond memories of it, but you know, situations happen and it's complex and you get stuck in a whole new world and you're a stranger and it doesn't help that society makes you feel like the other. So again, I really like the film. Um, but moving forward, we should probably talk about the fourth film of sci-fi September. Sci-fi September. Yeah. Um, I'm fucking okay. I was deliberating about it earlier, and I'm I'm kind of confused. I want you guys to pick one of these three movies. Perfect. Okay. Okay. I wanted to pick originally Pacific Rim. I was like, cool, because we talked about that before. But then I remembered there's some interesting stories where we haven't really explored through the use of animation, specifically two movies, Ghost in the Shell and Akira, which. I'm not sure how you guys feel about any of those three Wait. movies, but... Uh, so, okay. So, uh, Ghost in the Shell, the, the live-action one? No, no, no. With Scarlett Johansson? The original animated 1990s film. Okay, okay. And then Akita Battle Angel? Are you no, Akita. Fucking kidding me. <laughs> are you fucking with me, Morgan? Or are you just saying these things? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh. I will say I haven't seen any, uh, all three of them. I haven't seen any okay. of them, so um, <laughs> I'm down for whatever. Whichever one is easiest to procure and my, watch. I was going to say, my big issue there is um, with Akira, 
is it does it count as a box office success in Japan? Was it a popular film on its release? Yeah, I would yeah, say so. Question. It's very influential for a good reason. It was very. I think it made a lot of ingro- engross. Pretty sure. Even outside. But of this the thing, I thought I thought that the thing was, but it turned out it was later in box office. It There's did that. There's a lot of films, especially really? sci-fi films, Damn that are very influential and you know very great films that just didn't do that hot when they first came out. Um, so I would double check that. I know Pacific Rim is a blockbuster fucking win. That that one is a blockbuster. I don't know about the 1999 or whatever, Ghost in the Shell or... or I don't want to watch Ghost in the Shell anyways. That's my big thing. Um, But for for me, it's definitely between Akira and Pacific Rim. Um, But, I mean, I think Pacific Rim probably is the only actual blockbuster on that list. So I'd say it's the blockbuster. It is, yeah. yeah. I'm reading right now, it says, This made it a moderate success at the Japanese box office. Oh my god, the budget was one oh. 1.1 1.1 billion yen. It was, Never mind. Okay. <laughs> so it's more like, to say. Shit. That's a lot of money, though, in the U.S., honestly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Specific Rim. Yep. Pacific Rim. Yeah, it's, but its budget was $5 million, which is it's a pretty low or lower standard budget for a for a right. American film. But I, I'll go with Pacific, Pacific Rim. Yeah, Rim. cool. We're doing it. We're doing it. Fuck you. Yeah. Cool. All right. So this has it's been, been six years. Um, the Worst Sorry Grandpa podcast. Again. I'm sorry, Grandpa. I'm sorry, Grandpa. I'm sorry, Grandpa, but it's I'm sorry, Grandpa podcast. That The Grandpa podcast is fucking Wait. too many people. Grandpa are, are we, we're sorry or I'm sorry, Grandpa? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's we're, we're, I'm, we are I'm sorry, Grandpa. I have a weird pillow. Look at this pillow. That is a weird pillow. That's not a pillow. Isn't that one of those like arms you put that on your, the, the back of the chair for your back cushion? No. Uh, so for those in the podcast who can't see what we're doing, um, I just showed them my string pillow. It's a memory foam pillow with um, this little space, this little divot. So you can put your arm underneath it. Because I don't know about you guys, but I put my arm underneath my pillow when I sleep. And so this thing has like a metal frame support. So it holds your head up. And so your arm can go snugly underneath your pillow. And yeah, I sleep with just this now.